other industries have popped up overnight, literally, and they are they are caning us. They are they're going in. They've got balls and they're going into our clients and saying, "Well, you know, we know what we're doing," and they do. We can do SEO, or we can create digital content for you, or you know, we can manage your social feeds. And the PR industry comes back with, "Yeah, but we're the messengers. You know, we we're the guardians of." It just doesn't cut through anymore. It's such a shame, Paul. Rax Lakani has been working at the coalface of public relations for 20 years. He loves the industry, but he's frustrated with what he calls the myopic outlook of agency and industry leaders. I know for me, everything I do starts with a Google search. It's incredibly important, especially with all the devices and all the ways that Google is now manifesting itself. Now, we go to work. Well, a lot of people go to work and they forget that. So they start obsessing about, let's go to Stationery Today magazine to target the office managers. And this is still happening. I'm like, really find an office manager and see whether they actually just, you know, are excited to wake up on a Tuesday morning to read that magazine. They're not. It's probably on their desk, unopened in telephone. If they need to buy pen, they'll, they'll Google it. So, so let's just all agree that that is a starting point. And if that is, then what Google then does to what we do is incredibly important. In today's show, Rax and I explode a few myths about industry awards, consumer behaviour and agency structures and reflect on whether we are in fact just cynical old men. This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. How have you been since we met up a couple of months ago? Things have been really, really good. Uh, I've had a bit of a break um, over summer, which has been yep. lovely. And I guess the, the thing that's really been quite exciting for me is uh, uh, you approaching me to, to, to kind of appear on this podcast. You can't <laughs> How excited I am! It's one. It's one of my um, genuinely. It's one of my uh, go-to podcasts. I'm glad you're you're bringing that up again, and you're you're advancing with the next season of the podcast. That's very kind of you. <laughs> I was telling my wife after we met for for lunch about the the little place we went. Was it on Brick Lane? I can't remember. It was the little uh, Mexican street. Oh, yeah, in Borough. In Borough. I was actually went there a few weeks ago again with my wife. Um, yeah, in Borough Market, some great spicy tacos. Yeah, it was it was really nice, and my my wife was very jealous after I got back and told her about it. But anyway, we were talking about a lot of things when we met about the PR and communication industry and how it's developing, and some of the maybe frustrations we have. And it was quite a wide ranging chat mm-hmm. we had. So I thought it'd be a good idea to to get you on and kind of replicate some of that if we can. So I, I want to start off by in a, in a place where you were talking to me about how much you really kind of love PR and communications and have you almost fallen back in love with it in a way over the last few years? Yeah, it's, it's anyone who's kind of heard me on any other podcast, um, it would probably be a bit surprised by it because I do tend to, I think when I met you last time, Paul, you know, I was in, you know, I do I do have a lot of frustrations with what's going on, but I think yeah. when I look at that, it only purely, I only get annoyed by it because I really, really love our industry. I love what we do and, having been in it now for coming up to 20 years, 
you know, I, I still, you know, when I talk to friends who are doing jobs that they don't particularly enjoy as much as I enjoy mine, you know, I, I think, wow, you know, I am, I am lucky. And it's talking to people like you and, and, and other people that I, you know, I really kind of respect in the industry. That I'm like, yeah, well, there is this love for what we do. My question yeah. is, is that I see people who, who I've, I've worked with in, over the years, even fairly recently, in fairly senior positions in, in PR and comms, who don't have any of that. And it's so yeah. obvious. And I think for me, the the, the tipping point, uh, you might identify this yourself as a, as a freelancer, is that you do become um, this institutionalism that, that kind of happens when you're in a traditional um, agency um, environment, potentially, or you're in an in-house role in PR, which doesn't seem to have any kind of energy flowing through it. And it's the same old. Mm. And the heart kind of gets taken out of it. And yeah, you know, it's steady and you're working with potentially some great brands, but are you learning? Are you surrounded by people who are doing things for the love of it? And obviously there's a commercial kind of framework there you've got to operate within. But I think once you kind of liberate yourself from there, you start to fall back in love with, wow, you know, this is what I learned from that. And this is how I can use this. And let's try and be a bit more creative or let's become a bit more curious about how to apply our our science, I guess, you know, our, our you know, all, all the um, all the tools that we have, and I think that kind of gets lost if you're kind of not in an environment that nurtures that. Yeah, it's interesting you say about that, really, because you talk about other podcasts you've been on, and I would probably fall into this as well, where you can get a little bit criticised, maybe for, in my case, people think I'm very cynical. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite vocal about things that. I feel passionately about Ooh. and that I don't I see that I don't like and I think that can be personally I think that can be misconstrued in a way that you are seen to be critical and very critical of, of an industry when actually it's born from a, a love of that industry Did, you know does I agree does that ring true totally but you know at the same time I do I do hear you know quite prominent voices in our industry who, who are out there quite snarky you know and they yeah. are quite you know and and they've put themselves in a position where you know they are you know the the voice um self-appointed voice of the industry and and that's that's fine but I, I hear no solutions and what what i want i don't want to be the voice of the industry i just want one of the many voices that is actually yeah. a bit annoyed and saying hey let's sort this out because there are loads and loads of things going wrong across the industry and you know the writing is in many ways it's on the wall we're seeing what's yep. happening with just how how much it has changed as an industry from definitely from when i started but even the last yeah, yeah. few years as a freelancer i'm seeing things move at such a fast pace and my concern is well who's who's leading that that direction uh, is it even the industry in many cases it's not our industry it's forces that get beyond it and how are we reacting towards is there any kind of fraternity solidarity between all of us people who, who, who work in this amazing industry and I just think there needs to be solutions there needs to be kind of someone saying hey how about this or let's do this but there's a also a massive inertia and I think that's where you know the frustration can come from it's this well why are we talking about this subject why are we talking about diversity of, of course we should be absolutely yeah. needs to be but has it really moved on and you know, the way that we are framing the conversation, is that even you know a valid position to start with? Why are we talking about digital and social media and content 
can we talk about it in other terms that is relevant to our job? So we're very good at kind of navel gazing and saying, oh, look, this is the year of this or this is where we need to do. But yep. And this existential crisis of you know, what does PR mean? And, uh, and is it a profession, which is, a, you know, a, a, a perennial kind of hardy that, that always comes up? Yep. Um, which are valid questions. And again, I'm not, but we're not moving on from there or we're not doing anything to, to kind of take things forward, I guess. And that's where, wow, I think... I'm, I, I did have my birthday. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm now well into my forties. I'm for, well, forty. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, and I'm turning into, I'm turning into that victim Mildred of, of <laughs> where I don't care anymore. You know, we, we, when we spoke last, you know, we're at, you know, fairly, you know, good stages of our career. Well, we've done all the, the graft, and we, I mean, I, I definitely, I can afford to, to kind of put stuff out there that PR agencies may not agree with. I'm not doing it. Yeah to cause them offence I'm doing it because I, I can't bury the truth anymore I can't say well you know that's really good work if you're um, you know in the position of judging awards across the industry and you smell something there that is just unpleasant <laughs> you know you say the way of doing it and there's something really wrong going on well I think you can either be complicit in that and carry on and and you know, celebrate mediocrity, or or, or 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 you can actually say well let's let's kind of look at this and this isn't best practice necessarily so when you you brought up awards there and i know this is something we we kind of talked about Mm. before because you've judged a couple of awards schemes in the last year or so from a digital perspective so you've been looking at how how campaigns have used digital and social media yeah and you said to me that to be honest most of the entries if not all of the entries into those award schemes and including the winners Mm. have been in in your words poor to mediocre yeah. <laughs> yeah. in in what sense i mean what aren't people doing <laughs> yeah I, again i you know it's sounding really harsh that is that is really accurate that's that's exactly you know how i how i see it um first of all i think that you know the the award season comes up and having bit worked at, at numerous agencies it it's just this a treadmill or there's a little game a little dance has to be played and, and you know <laughs> the judging process that you know it is a genuine judging process there are no yeah. winners from the start and they all are judged i think the criteria for judging needs to be stepped up massively but also this whole game of agencies clearly know some of the agencies who you see year in year out they know how to write an entry yes and uh, that's fair enough that's with any industry but when you scrutinise, and I'm that that kind of geek, that OCD geek who actually has a look at um, the results and tries to dig a bit deeper than the entry, I found the most horrific things. I found influencer campaigns that are put forward that on paper look amazing. And when you look at the work, the output that they've done, you know, it's stuff that would fall massively foul of the regulations of, you know, not declaring that you're working with an influencer, not declaring any kind of a paid commercial transaction, um, uh, doing content that, you know, you're shouting about but not declaring how much actual paid spend there is behind it. Um, and, or, or worse, you know, saying, well, you know, this is how many impressions we got, no context whatsoever. And, yeah. you know, you're spending massive budgets for massive brands and making it look as if it was a success, where I know that as a freelancer I could kind of replicate the same thing and you know and potentially get a, a much uh, much wider uh, reach or uh, you know success would be very much it should you know it shouldn't be as one person working by myself but when compared to an agency 
you can yeah. get much better results. Um, but these are all being lauded as as being successes and best practice, whereas for me, it's nowhere near. Especially, I think it's more more prevalent in the digital category, social media category, because the definitions are really blurred. So there are some paradigms now that you know, well, we have to put spend behind it. We have to, and it's just getting, it's moving further and further away from PR and um, you know, and stuff that I love. Do you think that comes from what you were talking about? learning and continuous learning and effectively not questioning why are we doing this or I mean you talked about inertia and failure to move forward in things is that tied up in this whole I don't know in in what you see in award entries I I think so so I think that you get an award entry um, often you get you know some of the bigger agencies you know, paying to have a, a, an, an entry in, in every single category. That's a key thing, actually, Paul, and paying. Obviously, you know, awards need to kind of be commercially sound. They, they have um, costs around them. But the moment you start kind of potentially putting up a barrier of cost for, for entry to celebrate the achievements across the industry, you're automatically cutting off the bulk of agencies out there, the one-man bands or the two, two who, who don't yeah. have the funds to put it to put an entry in across multiple categories. Yeah. And when I come across these agencies, I think, wow, you're actually doing some really amazing work. That's a, because they're doing it on a shoestring. They have to be creative. They again, they love what they do, but they have to kind of compete against the big boys. When you're in the bigger agencies, they it, they become such machines. And again, I'm talking in very kind of broad terms here, but sure. they become factories. And what I noticed straight away, there is no structured time for learning or to celebrate expertise because the commercial structure of a big agency is so tight that you know every decision has to be on that commercial decision rather than is this the best work we could be doing or let's take a step out and try and think about this differently. How are people using Twitter, for example? How has that changed? And instead of kind of, going down that creative route that would have a massive impact unfortunately the bulk are going down this well let's just do the status quo the same old same old and that's what mm-hmm. i'm seeing in these entries the ones that always kind of jump out at me on the page and I'm, I'm not usually the ones that my fellow judges kind of look at and go wow it's the ones that have paid hardly any money and have done in terms of results you know, they've, they've reached their target, but they've done so in a way that is just, yeah, that if, you know, if you had 10 times that budget, what else could you do? That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But they're not the ones, if you filled up a whole award ceremony uh, with those kind of ones, guaranteed next year you would not have an award ceremony because all the bigger agencies are like, hey, you know, you're not celebrating our work. Sure. So, yeah. So let's talk a bit about agency models because mm. I know this is another thing that, we chatted about and that frustrates you 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 started off by talking about how how much the industry has changed since you started out in it me too mm. and especially over the last five or ten years mm. but agency models again we're generalizing but agency models haven't really changed to reflect that have they they haven't i think they're actually they're actually now finally kind of getting to kind of suffer a bit from that i think um the transparency behind kind of what an agency does has got a lot better over the years since I've got in there. And you've got a lot of different models now emerging that kind of prove that you 
almost you can do better work or at least the same standard yeah. of work. So yep. I think um, your your end client is a lot more savvy about it. But at the same time, the, stru- the structure has become so embedded in that's how it's done. It can't be flexi- flexible enough to respond to to this change. So I think one of the driving things really in in that in that kind of cannibalization of the agency model, if, if you like, is this this merge of of digital and what is what is now you know called traditional PR. Uh, yeah, I, I was very much my whole career has been built up on probably more disruptive PR models and and not not your traditional one, but it's 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 not turn its back on what. PR actually is but when social media started well actually before social media was even called social media I was a a junior AM at an agency right time right place pre-Facebook you know MySpace is emerging bloggers are emerging and you had a real opportunity there under the umbrella of PR to kind of really bring all that in and say well this is this is let's let's figure out how we can kind of include this into our our industry and instead we kind of separated out so oh, well that's social media that's digital yep. PR, and here's our traditional media uh, relations and it was an absolute even then it was so obvious for me you know so so young in my career so well that's not the right way of doing things but we carried on doing this and we never really addressed this or what where does digital sit in our model and now anyone, any PR agency that exists saying we don't do digital, for me, you know, God, you're, you're writing your own suicide note, really. Mm. There is not one form of PR out there that, that really hasn't got a, a digital shadow, at least. You, know, you get a bit of coverage for a consumer brand. Yeah, you're going to hear about it online first. The, the, the shelf life of that piece of coverage is going to be a lot longer online. And almost the, the print version you know, is becoming less and less relevant, say for broadcast. Yep. That's across B2B, B2C. And then you've got all your journalists on social media or your influencers are there, your industry spokespeople are on there. So not having a plan for that is really bad, but we still can't articulate how we sell that to clients or to, to you know, in, you know in, in-house. And so the, the, if we can't describe what we do, and describe it in very, very simplistic terms of we're going to target, I don't know, the Times page seven, or we're going to target this vertical publication. Anyone who knows anything about Marvel, okay, well, that's incredibly myopic. It's incredibly short-sighted. And what's your plan for social? What's your plan for mm-hmm. And because we've been slow to respond to this, other industries have popped up overnight, literally, and they are, they are caning us. They are... <laughs> they're going in, they've got balls and they're going into our clients and saying, well, you know, we know what we're doing. And they do. Not all of them, but they do. So we, we can do SEO or we can yeah. create digital content for you or, you know, we can manage your social feeds. And the PR industry comes back with, yeah, but we, we got, we're the messengers, you know, we, we're the governments yeah. of, it just doesn't cut through anymore. And that's such a shame. It's such a shame, Paul. It's like we we know this, we can do this so well, but we just haven't haven't you know the ones who have kind of gone and done it. They're the they're the kind of the radical ones, and yeah. the mainstream hasn't followed, which is not good for the whole of our industry. I, I think you you mentioned SEO there, and that for me is a prime example of this. And you talked about industry springing up overnight, and obviously SEO isn't one of those. It's been around for yeah. many many years. But what I have seen them do over the last five years is adapt to what has happened in the market. There was a time going back, I don't know, three or four years maybe, maybe five years ago, 
when I actually thought SEO was going to die out effectively because you've got the on-site stuff the technical stuff yes that is their domain but the other stuff it looked like that was going away but they have adapted and you mentioned digital pr there and how pr people use that but that is the phrase that the seo companies use now and it's interesting i saw a post on linkedin actually uh literally just yesterday and it was a, a post from someone who does SEO. So she's, she's got her own small SEO agency talking about effectively the, the coverage they had got for clients. Yeah. So there is a, a graphic with, I don't know, uh, logos on it, the sun, the metro, you know, standard stuff. But they talk about it in terms of we've created these links and this will have this impact yeah. on search results for this client. It was exactly the same post that you might see from a PR person, yeah. except that the PR person would say, we've got this coverage in this, isn't this great? And it wouldn't go any further than that. Yeah. Whereas PR, uh, sorry, SEO is now doing exactly the same thing. And this is something I have said time and time again. They are doing the same thing. They are calling it digital PR. Yeah. The PR people are saying, yes, we do digital PR. And the client has then got to make a straight choice between the two, except that the SEO people are far more clued up about analytics yeah. and you know the outcome of what they're actually doing and the effect it will have. That's a worry to me. Uh, and, and quite rightly, I think I think the people who are doing it really well, and I think there's a few people I know who have made that transition from um, the PR world, and now they've firmly put themselves in the SEO world. Yes. And you're right, digital PR is potentially what they're calling it as. It's, it's still to be defined because SEO has got some reputational issues going back quite you know way yep. things gaming the system and yep. you know, it, it can't and there are so many bad seo people kind of complete cowboys out there that almost you want to kind of distance yourself from them if you're doing it well yeah the, the one thing that i keep coming across even when we're talking about the awards earlier on you know wouldn't it be great if, if you had to prove the you know the search engine value of the output that of the campaign that you've that you've raised yeah. um, and to be able to quantify that now we're now at, even you know in the last couple of years we've moved on at such a fast pace that the the, the ad world the digital world the um, affiliate world they understand this so well they understand the relationship between consumer demand and and you know searches pr doesn't do this at all so when we're trying to to prove the value of traditional pr we've always felt a bit inadequate really pr in i've said well you know it's about you know more about feeling than action and Uh i've heard um whereas actually pr can totally measure the clicks that a bit of coverage or a campaign or the amount of searches that you know that a campaign may have delivered there's loads of ways you can measure that so if your objective that the client comes to you and says hey look we want to get raise awareness well search engine value is great because you can see you know how many people discovered your the article that you contributed yeah. etc the problem is it is tricky it is moving the rules are changing every day and that's where i think you're drawing the more curious people from the pr industry going hey this is fun this is not every day the same thing the rules mm-hmm. are changing weekly monthly the same way social media experts, you know, you, you snooze for a month and you're out of date on what Twitter's brought out or the change that yeah. you yeah. And um, my colleagues in agencies who weren't responsible for anything digital didn't have that issue, really. You might get producers of programs change or journalists, you know, s- swap specialisms, but the basic rules of media relations never really changed. 
um not uh, well at least not fast enough you know for you to kind of really sweat if you've you know if you've had a two-week yeah. and come back yeah but the people that have kind of grown into a bit more of a digital pr social media marketing specialism are used to that right well you know how is this change going to impact on how we market this or how we develop a comm strategy? And it's quite exciting if, if, if that sort of thing appeals to you. And that's just a natural progression to go move on to SEO because that, again, Google brings out a new algorithm change. Wow, you know, all the stuff you've done up to date won't work anymore. You know, can you understand? You have to understand the technology. You have to understand, you know, a bit more detail. I say that's that's quite exciting if that's something that turns you on. Well, it is absolutely, and, and the more progressive people that I know in the industry and who I've met in the last few years have that interest, and they want to learn that stuff, and they want to push things that way. And it's frustrating when you when you meet people who don't. It, for me, it's even simpler. So if you just look, just take a step back, and you know, if everyone's listening to this, take, what is it that we do, right? And it's so easily forgot. So if we're talking about um, marketing or communicating to consumer audiences, let's say, let's just say, how how do I do stuff? I know for me, everything I do starts with a Google search. Everything I do, I'm so, you know, even if it's comparing, you know, two products in Amazon, you know, sometimes I'm too lazy to go to Amazon. I'll just go to Google. It's incredibly important, especially with all the devices and all the ways that Google is now manifesting itself within. Now, we go to work. Well, a lot of people go to work and they forget that. So they start messing yeah. about, let's go to Stationery Today magazine to target <laughs> the office managers. And this is still happening. I'm like, really find an office manager and see whether they actually just, you know, are excited to wake up on a Tuesday morning to read that magazine. They're not. It's probably on their desk, unopened in cellophane. But they will go on to Google. If they need to buy pen, they'll, they'll Google it, right? Or they'll see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's just let's just all agree that that is a starting point and if that is then what google then does to what we do is incredibly important why then wouldn't you then go to a client and say right well you know google these two words related to you and see yeah. you know out of the top 20 things there are three articles that are delivering regular traffic for you or regular interest or you know and and that's you know public relations we're managing reputations that's what we should be worried about that's how we yes. should changed um it's not even an arsenal now it's not even there and it's it's embarrassing <laughs> when they then call us the expert in and i'm no expert paul and i'm sure you wouldn't say that you're you know you're you're more expert than i am in in, in this world but there are experts out there yes they yeah. expected oh you're the digital pr guy or, or girl you come in and to be expected to have all of this, you know, and, and you know, because of who we are, it's a challenge we'll know, but we'll never know as much as the real experts either. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree with you. Google and PR are inextricably linked together and they are so meshed together. But like you say, people forget about what people, you know, what consumers actually do, what people yeah. do, how do they find things? And I've, I've said, been saying for, I, I thought about this not so long ago, I was thinking about my own business and I was thinking about if I could only do one thing for my business, yeah. you know, be it PR reputation building, be it SEO, be it Facebook ads, I don't know anything. If I could do one thing, yeah. I would put all of my money into SEO without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Because I, I look at my business now, and yes, it's taken a while to get there, but after several years of doing that yeah. and and 
creating this this impression to google of of my website yeah. now i rank very highly for some very good terms for me and that's where my business comes from my business doesn't come from facebook ads or what i do on linkedin or it's it's all about search and that that is pr really the the, the, the biggest crime i think are the brands that um from every sector who who put everything all their all their eggs into you know um, getting coverage and now and whatever but it's not absolutely that great and so when a scandal hits or something you have to live with that on google potentially for years to come but they don't they don't deal with that so because it's not because it's not on their radar um they are they are turning away a lot of business and they they know they are you know but it's too complicated for them to even contemplate mm. try and get into and the people they've got around them advising them on comm strategy don't have that on their radars so they're saying oh no you know we can't control that and it's the number one thing and if you get it right as you seem to have done Paul, you know you can almost then sit back and say well there's a steady stream of traffic coming through how can i make this better absolutely hard work and um you know pr world has got the ears of a lot of brands out there and if only we had some sort of firm position on this you know made that link and sold it because you know we could we could be, be thriving the ones that are doing it are you know a couple of people i know there's a, there's a new one. I don't know if I, if, if I can name them, um, Paul, but it's um, Goma. They're, it's a very small, it's a friend, old friend of mine, Bogdan Marinescu. He has made that link to he's he A, he's an amazing PR person, but secondly, he completely gets SEO and yeah. he managed to combine them too. And that's what the world needs. More of people like him and Stella Bales as well, who's done amazing stuff yeah. in this but there are so few people in this space that we need to learn from them. We need to pay them to triple their salaries and get them in and train them. <laughs> I, I learn something new every time I speak to those people. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to the digital side of things, which is what obviously we're talking about, Ooh. do you understand what the role of PR is when it comes to digital now? And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll explain that question Ooh. because Andy Green, who... Yes. Uh, again, I've met, you, you may know who has recently launched a project called the Dublin Conversations. Well, I've actually been helping. I've been helping him out on on this as well. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the Dublin Conversations are around addressing some of these issues. Now he released something just last week, which they've done a little study that identified that I think it was none or one maybe out of the top twenty five thirty. PR agencies actually mm. use the phrase public relations in the about section of their website. Yeah. And it kind of points to this, this confusion about what PR is. But I mean, that's in a broad sense. But mm. when it comes to digital, what's your impression of, of the role that PR and comms play in the digital world? So it, I have a massive issue with this word digital. And it's it, it's not something I've been able to resolve because the whole world, digital is one of those phrases, Paul, that when you go and see a client, depending on the time of day and who you see, it can mean completely different things to completely different people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Digital marketing as well, because that encompasses areas that are so far removed from PR, you know, website building or app building. Um, but digital PR can also include, um, you know, um, digital content creation, SEO we've talked about. It can also then include look at social media. And but then you see, to me, sorry to interrupt you, but to me, that is that is all part of this this same thing. I, I my impression is that PR sits within 
that stuff. Yeah. And I, I see no reason why PR as a discipline, as as PR agencies, shouldn't be doing all that stuff. The, the, the most offensive words that I hear regularly, and I have to really, really just breathe in and suck it up, is we do PR and digital, right? Yeah. That, that phrase means nothing, absolutely. So we construct the PR and digital. Digital is not a service set. It, it, you know, it, it can be many things. It can be the platform as well, the channel. Yeah. But to separate those traditional PR and and digital PR, or, or just they call it digital, which is even more, just define what AO digital you do. Um <laughs> It is heartbreaking on a number of levels, but for me, the one that really, really upsets me, and um, you know, it, it breaks my heart when I go into big, theoretically successful PR agencies, huge ones, ones that are you know always lauded by our industry as being you know the, the, the great big agencies. You go in there and you look at how their teams are structured, and you have invariably you have one very, very big team of young AEs, account executives, you know, doing what we call traditional PR. And then in that agency of maybe 150 people, you'll get one block of maybe 10 people, if you're lucky, doing all the digital, social, doing all the stuff that falls under that digital category according to that agency. Yep. And that is just criminal because, A, you're telling your young staff that this is a, a, still a separate specialism not equipping the people who are going to be AMs and ADs in the next five, 10 years with the knowledge of how to do their job that in, that encapsulates digital. And, and, and thirdly, you're putting pressure on a small team of young people who are still learning their craft, who've got no one to learn from, and they are falling out of love with what they do. And I've seen this happen again and again and again. I, I see it all the time. And it, it's now not even, you know, it's just like, wow, this is so bad. And um, it's, it, you're, you're, you're training a whole team of PR professionals that digital and PR are still two separate things. Yeah. And these are, these are digital, and I hate the phrase again, the digital natives. These are people who go home and they're on Instagram, right? They know how YouTube works. Yeah, yeah. They understand a lot more than people of my generation know. But you're making them kind of really sort of not look at how they use the world, how you, they use their media, and align that with what they could do professionally because they're being told by their managers and their bosses that, no, 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 this is PR. And it's very sacred and it's very special, but we don't do digital. And that's really wrong, really, really wrong. And, and again, I'm seeing it now when you've got brands now getting a bit smart and they're saying to PR and say, well, what do you, you know, what's your, we've been approached by this specialist agency who do, you can get coverage online with you know the the sites that will give it some sort of google juice and the pr agencies are just lost they're lost and it, it's it's a horrible thing to see yeah very much so i, I feel i feel quite uh quite down on it but yeah it's, it's not that bad i guess but <laughs> well it's difficult isn't it it is difficult yeah um listen we're, we're kind of out of time so Thank you very much for making time to talk to me today. I think there are a lot of hopefully talking points or at least thinking points in, in this particular show. Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear the feedback of anyone listening to this as, as to what you think some of the things that Rax and I've talked about. Rax, where can people get hold of you if they want to talk to you further about this? I always send people to to Twitter. Um, it's at Rax Lacani. 
Um, and my DMs are open. Feel free to DM. Slide into my DMs. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, always, always a pleasure to to, to kind of um, meet new people electronically. Um, so Rax Lakani, that's R-A-X-L-A-K-H-A-N-I. Fantastic. Well, thank you again. Thanks for your time. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've got any ideas for future topics you'd like to see covered or people you'd like to hear from, contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton. Thank you for listening. So Rax, how have you been since we last see? Every bloody time. Every bloody time is the first sentence. Right, I'm gonna start that again. Rax, how have you been since we first 